0: a a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. There
1: was no miracle of Malahide. Afghanistan got the job Dara done. With legend of Lords, the Lambeth Lara lurking, can Ireland win the Owen Morgan Derby and overturn the established order at Lords? This is the Gorilla Cricket Podcast England vs Ireland Preview. Cricket. This is all about cricket. Guerrilla cricket. Not just runs and wickets. So come and get
0: it. Gorilla
1: podcast. Welcome to the first Gorilla Cricket Podcast of the post-men's 50-over World Cup era, and while it is in fair St. John's Wood we lay our scene, we're swapping coloured clothes for white and white kookaburra for the deep red duke, turning both barrels on the English Test Summer. I'm your host, Akal Mpande, and there really was no one better I could turn to, to help me preview Ireland's third men's Test match and their first at Lord's. Welcome to the podcast, Roger McCann.
2: Hello, Nakal. Doesn't that sound nice, the prospect of watching men in whites? And uh, I think it'll be before the uh, numbers on shirts era, am I right? It could be significant, and if you're a whites fanaticist like myself, the last test match to pure creams.
1: (laughs) From your point of view, uh, the the last of the unsullied era, yes, we will have uh, names and numbers on the back of the shirts for the men's ashes, but uh, before all of that, there's uh, the little matter of a four-day test match at Lords. Um, before we get on to the, the nitty-gritty, uh, you and I were both lucky enough to be in Malahide, and we spoke from different ends of a yoghurt pot during Dún. Can you sum up as an Irish fan, now living in London again, what your feelings are about you know, seeing, seeing your boys, the boys in green in a test, not just in England, but at Lords?
2: I think it's extremely exciting. I think I speak for all Irish fans, and it's it's ramp ramping up the, I'd say, 500-fold, you know, the, like you say, we were there last year, and in Dublin it was very special to have that home test, and there was that niche interest that you all got to discover around Malahide, and uh, it was it was very exciting in, in its own way. And then Dune, of course, the two, two nascent teams going at it in a sort of deserted bowl. But, but the interest on this, I can tell you, is... So much more. I have had so many, you know, casual cricket fans, um, just interested Irish sports fans who have been, you know, uh, tapping into me for tickets or just how can can how can they get to how can they be part of it? Um, There's rumours of well-founded rumours of eighteen thousand Irish on day one, which is likely to be a sellout. I wouldn't be surprised if there are more. Um, And in terms, yeah, in terms of coming to the home of cricket on the back of England winning. It's, it's, it's just um, fabulous. Of course, Ireland have been to Lords for a one day um Was that two years ago? Where they fared yeah, fairly well.
1: Yeah, that's right. And actually, England got... required some, uh, some interventions from some, some players who didn't make it into the World Cup squad um, in the end. Um, as you say, it's England... Cricket, yeah, for sure. Uh, 18,000 Irish... Um, you know, outnumbering the members, um, many many to one sounds like a sounds like a bit of fun, livening up uh, the home of cricket scenes on the nursery ground. I'm sure. Um, possibly the 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 loudest Lords has been probably since the, the Women's World Cup final because I think there was such a there was such an attention towards uh, towards the end on Sunday that it probably wasn't as as joyous as it as it could have been otherwise. But um, uh, so let's, we'll move on to the um, Moving on to the selections, I mean, there's a, there's a few Davies on Stock around. Arambas. I think I make it four uncut players in the Irish squad and three in the English squad. If you're, if you're not quite au okay fait with that, listener, we'll go through the squad in full. So, England uh, have gone with a 13 uh, man squad. Captain Joe Rory Burns, Jason Roy in for, into his first test squad, Joe Denley. Uh, stays in his life about three. Johnny Bairstow is keeping. Sam Curran, Lewis Gregory, um, Somerset stalwart uh, and captain of the Lions team uh, hasn't played a Test match, hasn't been in a, in a Test squad before. Chris Wokes, so lots of scene bowling all-rounders. Jack Leach and Moinelli, the two spinners in the squad. Uh, Jimmy Anderson, uh, likely to be fit. Stuart Broad and uh, the uncapped, although has been in a Test squad, uh, young quick uh, Warwickshire quick Ollie Stone for Ireland. Uh, William Porterfield, stalwart captain. Andy Bell-Burney um, who was uh, quite wonderful in Deradun with his 80-odd. James McCollum, Paul Sturley. Uh, Lorcan Tucker, who's been in sports but hasn't yet been capped. Gary Wilson, who will be keeping in his first uh, test after Nala Bryan did it in Malahide. Uh, and after Stuart Pointer did it uh, in in Deradun. Mark Adair, who uh, is someone I'm kind of carrying a candle for on Cat. KOB, the great uh, Stuart Thompson, who's uh, given stalwart service in a uh, couple of tests that I on the plate. Andy McBride, very impressive in Deradun. Simi Singh, who's uncapped, uh, the Lambeth Lara, who I referred to at the top of the show, TJ Murta, uh, Boyd Rankin, and Craig Young. Uh, th- there's a few questions. Uh, we'll start with Ireland. Um, uh, William Porterfield's had two different opening partners in the two tests so far. Will Ireland go in, well, will slash should, I guess, Ireland go in with Sterlow at the top of the order again? Uh,
2: well, that, that's the question that's been keeping me up at night, actually, Knuckle. Um, I think it's, I think we can be sure what the, the top five of Ireland will be. It'll be um, Porterfield, McCollum, Paul Burnie, Sterling and O'Brien. And I think that would be the, the order in which I said them would be the, the best. I mean, what's, what I was mulling over was the fascination of Roy coming in for England to open and then how fun it would be to have that sort of match-up with uh, Sterling, providing that punch at the top of the order. But I just think, and, I, and I, almost going back to the expectations, Around the Ireland team, that has to be tempered with slight trepidation because you know we're we're going up such a level. So um, shockingly underprepared. There's been so little uh, red ball cricket for most of these Irish guys to play. The ones that are in Ireland. So I think it's a really difficult, really difficult call. And, and I'll be fascinated. They're currently, I don't know if you, they're currently engaged against Middlesex seconds. They're bowling first. So I haven't quite seen this imagine that the top order will be revealed when the boys strap their pads on. I think they, they had Middlesex twos down, eight down, when I checked a couple of minutes ago. So, um, yes, you could even see, you could even go with the McCollum-Sterling opening combination and have Porterfield at three. Porterfield's in a bit of a bad trot. And I think um, I think Balbernie is our best player. So well, Balbernie and Sterling, but Balbernie is our sort of most um, correct, the most sort of built for... Test match cricket, although he's less experienced. Almost an irony, he's less experienced in county cricket. But there are so many scenarios where should you protect him? He went, he went in at three against Pakistan, got a, famously got a pair. But as you said, he, he righted the ship with some really super batting in, in the second test. I think Sterling is such a talent that perhaps he could then be protected. You don't want to be too defensive, of course, this talk of you know protecting them. Up front against the new ball, but I think you know he can really take the game to. He can either take the game to Ireland if Ireland are super confident. Yes, let Sterling open, let him go at them. If they want to, if they really believe in McCollum, of course he's a young raw player, but has played a lot of his most of his cricket in the top three and has been opening with some success in the ODIs. And of course, you have Porterfield then could join him. There's all the combinations, I, 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 I promise you, I've been. I've been agonising every night as to how we, because it's so important how we can take on Anderson and if Indeed, they take the new ball, those kingpins at lowers. and so we don't find ourselves seven for four like we did in our first ever Test match. That's <laughs> a, that's a, I think that is that's a fair. But I don't know how what what you know you know these players as well. Would you have a combination that you would like to see?
1: Sterling to me felt like a. A subcontinent-specific opening partnership. Uh, yes. Opener, a little bit like New Zealand used to do with Brendan McCollum. Uh, mm. They used to bring him up from the middle order. Uh, it's a different challenge facing. Um, you know, I did open with that They could easily have opened with with two spinners if they'd wanted to. Um, on yeah. on a slowish Sarah track, it's a different challenge facing Anderson and Broad at Lords. Uh, mm. Obviously, Sterling has done that a little bit more than than McCollum has with his, his years in county cricket, but. Um, McCollum and Porterfield at the top makes a lot more sense to me, and then um, Sterling as, as someone who can play with freedom in the middle order. Um, mm. Balbirnie for me at, at three is a lock, and I agree with you. He is Ireland's best batsman, um, and yeah. is, is a class act. I think Andy Balbirnie, and I'm just yeah. glad that he might show everyone that, it, and that in Dunn. Dun. Um, and then we, we coming into the middle order. Obviously, Kevin O'Brien is a um, you know, imagine a lock at five. Um, obviously, um, has shown that he's it's shown that he's he's capable of making the step up to Test cricket. I don't think anyone had any doubts about that. But it's good that he's mm. good that he's shown it. Um, Gary Wilson, another county stalwart, uh, uh, a guy with huge fighting capabilities. Um, unlikely that Lorcan Tucker will play.
2: Well, again,
1: uh, but
2: Tucker seems to be a fast riser. I don't know if there's a guarantee that Wilson will take the gloves, or him or Tucker could. Both play um, to to reinforce the batting. Um, Tucker, again as, as a young lad, um, he looked a bit out of his depth. I had to, I had to say against England at the ODI at Malahide, but uh, got a valuable fifty in a winning cause against Zimbabwe. And they, they obviously like him. He makes runs at uh, inter pro level. Um, Wilson, of course, has all experience, but he's he's had a, he's had this eye issue that kept him out of the team for a long time, and he has. Again, he hasn't had really any uh, valuable time in the middle, and th- there's a thought that should should Ireland be should Ireland just be trusting these young lads? You know, um, there's a there's a feeling that some some of these guys in their mid thirties are you know should be moved along a bit sooner than Ireland have been doing, and and also a, a case in point is the we should mention the omission of George Dockrell. I mean, if you told me mm-hmm. coming off the pitch at Derry Dune that that Dockrell wouldn't be in the 14. I, I would have been astonished, and I, st- I still am, because I think he's that really valuable number eight, and he provides a, a spin variety, a left-arm variety. Without that. Anyway, we shouldn't dwell on that. It's a shame for uh, guerrilla cricket's George Dockrell. But, but there is a scenario, potentially, if you strengthen the batting with Tucker and Wilson at six and seven, then that would potentially mean that Stuart Thompson might be the unlucky man. As when we get into the all-rounders, I think Mark Adair is... Nailed on. They've. He has answered. He stood up for everything the um, the team have asked of him since his rapid elevation into the side at the beginning of this summer. And I think he's a hard-hitting uh, sort of eight or nine that will uh, will um, certainly share the attack with Murta. And then if they need a spinner and uh, well, um, I think in that, that case the, the the spinner they could pick, which would be my. Pick as a better spinner would be Andy McBride, who's a useful uh, lower order player. And then I think perhaps Big Boyd Rankin might be uh, uh, unlucky to miss out because Craig Young is a guy they really like and he's had an impressive day today against Middlesex. He had a cheap forfer again the last time I checked and he's, you know, he's nippy enough. Rankin again, another one, one of the old guard that um, missed out in Derridoon and has lost some of that snap that made him, of course, his height is such an asset and, uh, it'll be a maybe a game time call but there's 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 lots of these um 50 50s it's an interesting squad where i think all these guys are still uh, right up to the toss you know they'll be uh aiming for inclu- you know putting their hands up yeah this
1: is uh, this is i guess inevitable when when you're playing test matches so far apart and you know mm. Ireland played one test match in, in 2018, one at the start of, or quite near the start of 2019. There's now been a few months. Um, you know, the, the guy who made uh, Simi Singh was, was chosen ahead of George Dockler as the sort of second spinner slash spinning all around it. I agree with you. I, I, I was very impressed with McBride's work in Derrida. Dunn um, health conditions for sure, but I think he bowled uh, very economically bowled with, with threat and bolts, um And his, I don't think he would let anyone down the bat. I said I'm kind of holding a candle for Mark Adair. I think there's huge potential there and I think there's potential there for him to move up the order as he goes through his career and end up more of as a, you know, think more Kevin O'Brien than um, as, a, as a batting all-rounder rather than a, as a bowling all-rounder because I think he, he hits the ball so cleanly. Yes.
2: Yeah, and, 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 and whereas I think we're both big fans of Stuart Thompson, aren't we? And I think you know, I, I almost chastise myself for for talking him out of the team because then he, he's the sort of guy that captain loves. He bowls his last ball of the day with, with as much effort and vim as he does his first, and he's a, a very handy left-hander who's who's made a Test match fifty and got runs at number seven. So I'd, I honestly, you know, I'll have changed my mind a dozen times <laughs> by, the, by the time they settle on this final eleven, and. Uh, but um, I, I have a feeling, there, there, there's just a feeling towards this younger, they're going to give the younger lads their, he- their head and, um, and back them. And, and uh, well, that's, that's Graham Ford's call. I just I hope they'll rise to the occasion.
1: So this, well, casting ahead, um, this could be the last, um, potentially the last test of a, of a long and storied career for, for William Porterfield, who, does appear to be waning and sadly for him and for Ireland waning quite quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's captain the side for over 10 years now which, which is an incredible uh, service. You know, not, not many captains have that sort of shelf life, you know, it wears them away and I think um, that had the privilege of sort of seeing the squad quite up close when I was in Derridoon for that test match and you, you saw the sort of respect that the, the players have for him. He's quite an un- unassuming I'm assuming, guy, you know, he he would stick around more, more with Graham Ford, and he'd be that that senior, uh, yeah, in the, the the senior mantle where he's that sort of um, of that older generation, and but and quiet about his business. But everything the players say about him, they he's hugely respected, and um, yeah, his touch his touch with the bat has uh, has always been a bit sc- scratchy. I mean, I hate you know, it seems cruel, to, but he, he's the sort of guy that. The number of times you've seen him get out in the first over <laughs> of big games, or, mm-hmm. you know, and and Anderson has certainly had him on toast a few times with this swinging full balls, and um, yeah, I mean, it'll be I would have I had even some thoughts where whether he should be retained and should be skipper, but um, I hope it's not just a sort of a thank you present to give him this Lord's game, you know, and of course he he he's a determined guy, he won't let that um well he, he'll be determined not to, for that to be the case and I don't know how long he he intends to to sustain his career but um yeah there's no denying you know father time waits for no an man and uh, it's the likes of Balperney and Sterling are the, these young, young thrusters and I think men with leadership qualities that uh, that will hopefully you know will take us into a, a new era a positive one and and maybe hopefully this lords test will a springboard you know Profile and something to give them real confidence. The one thing I think all the Ireland fans I think again are wary of, you know, is the occasion, the sense of occasion. You know, as I said, we were seven for four against Pakistan, and you had to say that nerves played a part. There was a huge collapse in the first innings, again, then in the second test, and um, you know, the, the, it's, it's whether these guys are steel. And perhaps a, a huge thronging crowd with a bustling atmosphere might might be better for them because. You know, there's, they've done it in huge World Cup games where there's been huge crowds. You know, these guys, they're not um, shrinking violets. Perhaps they need that extra buzz and, um, and Port of Field will hopefully set its own. Or it could be uh, Middlesex's leading wicket-ticker if he gets that. I think what all Ireland fans are really hoping is that Murda gets a new conquer on, uh, on Wednesday morning and uh, just nibbles it around the likes of Roy and Denley and uh, Ireland are off to a super start that way.
1: <laughs> well, quite Timothy James Murta. Uh, 800 eight hundred first class wickets now, two hundred and ninety-one at twenty-three point nine eight at Lords alone. That's not gonna be any fun for England's newest, newest opening pair, Rory Burns and uh, and Jason Roy with Murta McGrawing it about from the nursery end as he's done for so many years. Yeah, th-
2: yeah, that that's that's the hope. He knows that twenty two yards better than anyone. Well, I mean Anderson and Broad, I suppose if have- Have been up and down, and well, I'm I'm fascinating. Is fascinating to see Anderson in that England squad when uh, all reports were that uh, he would take some time off, and it is a fairly strong squad. I was expecting a few to be rested. I can I can see why Stokes and Butler um, have earned a rest, but um, you you know those guys are the top order. I've always championed Jason Roy from back.
1: Yeah, J- J- Jason Roy is obviously in, in great been form. Been he's since a... then, Roy hasn't. Sorry, carry on. No, go ahead. Well, Jason Roy hasn't been opening in Red Bull cricket for the last few years, but he's obviously, um, he couldn't be at a much bigger career high than he is at the moment. He's been picked on, on confidence, certainly not on form. And maybe he'll do to Rory Burns what he did to Johnny Bairstow and settle him down a little bit. Um, it wasn't easy, I don't think, for Rory Burns coming in with, uh, with Keaton Jennings and sort of radiating nervousness at the other end, even in Sri Lanka where he batted quite well. I can't think that Joe Denley is a long-term solution for England at number three, uh, as, as good a bloke and as good a player uh, as he is. Uh, I'm... I'm not sure Anderson would have played if Jofra Archer had been fit. We know, we understand now that Archer is not just being rested as much as you can be rested without ever having played a Test match. He's actually he's back in Barbados recuperating from a side strain. I'm not sure if they'd have risked Anderson if Archer had, uh, had been fit. I'm intrigued to see Jack Leach in the squad. I can't really. I've been racking my brains for uh, a way to get him in. The only way I can they can do it is that if um, if you could have break up the seaming all rounders. I don't really see two spinners. I don't think England no. doing it with, with two spinners, uh, and then Lewis Gregory, um, uh, obviously in in great, has had a good year in the county championship. Has a number of good years in the county championship, averaging twenty five with the twenty five with the back, twenty with the ball. But Lewis Gregory, Chris Wokes, and Sam Curran—that's a lot of seeming all rounders to fit into one eleven.
2: Yeah, but it's a lot of it's a lot of just dangerous, good bowling and form bowling, and um, yeah, I mean. And of no no qualms in uh, have, you know having a long tail or a, a short tail so to speak, you know batting all the way to ten even eleven if Broad wants to go in at eleven. Um, I think it's still a, it's still a really dangerous uh, seam outfit, and uh, if Gregory gets his head, I'd, maybe I'm saying this with slightly green glasses, but um, yeah, th- that would to take away the Anderson threat, but 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 Gregory could well have his day in the sun and push for. More more uh, inclusions throughout the summer. Um, yeah, perhaps surprising that Rashid didn't get a good... That, that Rashid experiment of back in the test side seems to be dumped straight away. And, and interestingly, you know Ireland have had their biggest difficulties of being against mystery spin in in, in their more high profile games recently. But, but perhaps Rashid is getting a well earned break up in Brad, being mobbed up in Bradford. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Joe and Denley is the interesting one. I mean, he—I not i, I didn't—I thought he looked out of his depth in the West Indies. Um, I do relish the thought of uh, Murder nibbling one into his pads, but I mean, he is in form. Give him as you know, he off the back of a big ton for Kent and a number of, of two or three hundreds in the last few weeks. So, I mean, if if he's not, if he if England don't think he's going to play in the Ashes, then why would they pick him for this? I think he's. He's your number three for
1: because Stokes and Butler are resting.
2: So does that mean Root goes to three, or Bairstow back to three? Will they continue with that?
1: I would personally have loved to see Stokes mm. at three, uh, folks coming in as a wicketkeeper and Butler and Bairstow both playing as batsmen. But I don't think that's going to happen now. Yeah, yeah. And folks would well, be on the discard pile too.
2: Yeah, it's a shame. And as you rightly we pointing out, uh, Knuckle, we shouldn't be framing this game in the context of an Ashes warm-up as, as much as you, you know, England, ha- of course, they'll have had one eye on it, and uh, I've been, I've been niggling away at any journalists that that talked about Ashes call-ups, um, before they mentioned this test, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if of course, if yeah, I think if Denley goes well against us, uh, it'll be more headaches for England, but, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not too not too sorry to see him there at three from an Irish perspective
1: I would imagine not with that uh with that um green shamrock and blue cap on um I I see this England team again I, I understand that there's a massive emotional and physical load that they've been carrying through the men's world cup through this through this win in the way it all ended but they rested players against Scotland last year and uh, and lost they rested players uh, against and at Malahy, they almost lost. I, I wonder if England are, are yet again not taking a game as seriously as they should be.
2: Yeah, and mother cricket sees all, and you know, she, she'll certainly um, be noting it, but um, they're not as weak as I thought, to be honest. I mean, I had seen rumours of Route to taking the game off and uh and broad captaining and and um wow but, but, so well, yeah, perhaps perhaps not from a particularly strong source but i won't which i won't name but but uh but the, the the inclusion of anderson and broad and the um suggests You know they really want to go at it whether they
1: play or not again okay, of course is moot but um. I don't see the point in naming them in the squad if they're not both going to play. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good news that I think that Stuart Broad's test career isn't over. I think that... Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's quite right that that's the case. You know, you, you don't get as many wickets as Stuart Broad has got over the years uh, without being a bloody good bowler. And he's still... He's not that old.
2: No, you of know, course, you yeah. Look at, you yeah. look at the
1: last five years that Anderson's got and uh, Broad is not lightning fast by any means. He's a tall man, but he's, he's got a... He's had a few long-ish turn injuries, but he's not someone who has constant niggles all the time. No.
2: Although, it is, isn't it telling that the, the, when Anderson goes to Lancashire, he he tears through attacks. I think I saw he's taking his uh, div two wickets at uh, nine. <laughs> I think he has 40 wickets <laughs> at nine in the championship this year. Whereas Broad, I was speaking to a Knotts fan yesterday, and of course now are having a pretty terrible season. But, you know... He, he, anything special when he goes down to that level and that, that could be I mean that's never re- well he, he turns it all, you know Broad is a bowler of great spells they say you know he, he turned it on in the ashes and he, he can't he's a bit more of a physical specimen than Anderson he he has to sort of you can't expect him to charge in for 17 overs a day at all levels but um, like I said you know everyone's uh, and you, yeah you say he's not he's not that old but he's got tons and tons of international overs in his legs and uh you know if he's if he's slightly on the decline then uh, again perhaps crumbs have come for, or something for iris fans to uh, take hold of and potentially exploit
1: well it might not get any easier if he doesn't play or if he's not quite um up there because uh, one man who's certainly got um you know more road ahead than behind is ollie stone who's seems to have Mm. taken over now from the injured Mark Wood. Um, They seem to be swapping positions in the Test squad, but um, it'd be pretty exciting to see all these Stone play a Test match.
2: Yeah, wouldn't it? I mean, again, man dogged with injuries. I was delighted to see his name back. You know, he's almost a forgotten man, and then he's straight back in the Warwickshire side with with Michelle the other week. And uh, obviously, England have been... Must be tracking him pretty well. He must be in good contact with him and his fitness well monitored and uh, yeah, I um yeah, it'd be great to see a, a rapid a rapid tear away uh, announce himself in Test match cricket and then yeah, potentially for the, the remainder of the summer. What if, if him and Archer could be in tandem, that would be Oh man. Something to oh, get the like the lips of, But, yeah, there you are.
1: Yeah, that's the uh... future.
2: I mean, it's gonna have to. It's coming, you know. It's just like when, when Harms and Hawgard, and so on were jettisoned at, at the same time, and and it's you know if Anderson and Broad, if there's two ready-made um, pacers to go and to replace them, then England are in good, in good, good stead.
1: It's an exciting prospect. It really is. And um, as you say, Myrta, you said uh, Sturlow versus versus Roy. and um, Murta versus Roy. I think is a fascinating, uh, a fascinating prospect. Craig Young, uh, an interesting, an interesting choice ahead of Boyd Rankin. If that does happen, he's a very different type of bowler. As you say, they going perhaps a little bit more lordsy than uh, than Boyd Rankin.
2: Yeah, I think so. He's he's. If you haven't seen Craig Young, he's a fairly tall guy, I think about 6'4". Quite, wh- he's on, on, not unlike uh, Ollie Stone, in fact, in sort of appearance and build. Uh, but in terms of he's he's a well, I hate to use that overuse, because he was a McGrath-like bowler. You know, like every bowler should, every bowler should um, wish to follow that template. But he gets close to the stumps, and uh, he's not express pace, but he's he's. He gets a nip off. The, I think he, he nips it about. I think best way of describing nips it about off the seam, back of a length. And uh, yeah, they they like him. And I, I, he seems to be making all the right noises to to partner murder. And then you've got a dare with with again not a hugely pissed but a, but a strong lad, a guy who, who with a big leap at the crease. I'm sure a lot of people will have seen him this summer, um, and he. You know, he again, a guy who flings himself into his cricket with bat and ball. And then, well, like I said, Thompson is is a guy who can run. My only worry is these guys are a little bit samey. You know, there's no Josh Little. Some England fans might wonder Mm. what happened to him after he gave England a bit of a hurry up in in that ODI. certainly a bouncer to the main man, Owen Morgan, the man of the moment, is one that will live in the memory. And hopefully Little's time will come with a red ball. but. there's no sign of that pacey left armor in this squad, but yeah a Lord Z attack a right armors medium medium fast that uh, hopefully will between here and now um, get to know the strip and get to know their red ball lengths and uh, yeah pose some problems i mean let's let's give it a, let's give it a lash as the Ireland rugby team used to say in the '80s we'll give it a lash and the fans will turn out and hopefully create a, a slightly well a, Will be a unique atmosphere at Lords with um, some garrulous Irishmen. They'll be flooding over from the Sea and you know there'll be a few uh, witty bar- barbs from blizzard red-cheeked chaps who've been waiting, for, waiting there all their lives to co- come and unload their cricket knowledge on the home of cricket and uh, and spend a few quid and take it all in. And uh, I, for one, I'm very sorry. I, I feel rather abashed that I won't be joining you guerrilla types I'll be you hopefully you'll understand I'll be there every every day and I'll be there very early every morning and soaking it all up but uh, I'll be representing no surrender quite, Percy Fender
1: quite right too so you will what come what may by the end of these four days have been every single day of Ireland men's test cricket
2: yeah I, I have, didn't see every ball I go, that's, okay, you missed the first two sessions that they're done. Yeah, I wish that was my biggest regret. But yes, I hope to keep it going. I think the the next talk of a one-off in Sri Lanka in February it hasn't been confirmed, but I certainly uh, like the prospect of that next little trip. But yes, from Wednesday to Saturday, you you'll find me. You'll find me at Lords and uh, wishing very much. And the Graham Ford, I did, they, they, they they flew over last night. Obviously, they're Merchant Taylor today, but they, they were interviewed at the airport yesterday, and an Irish reporter asked uh, Graham Ford, "You know what? What result do you hope? What would be a good result for Ireland?" And he straight up, he just said, "Well, I win. We're going there to win."
1: What and, other answer uh, could he give? What well, other answer I'm could I'm any could any self-respecting international coach, uh, a test match coach, give? So the, the final question I'm going to ask you before we uh, before we sign off is, how do Ireland do that? How do they win? <laughs> Well,
2: when it's, <laughs> when it's awesome putting them in is, is the standard reply but I've looked at the, fore, the forecast is pretty scorchio for Wednesday, Thursday I think it's high 20s with not a lot of rain around with no rain around and no cloud around um, so, so that, you can't take that e- easy option out of the equation and just put it all in Murder's hands I think, how do we win we, we express ourselves, how about that I know in Morgan Mantra And uh, Paul Sterling and Andy... um, Well, James McCollum settles in. Porterfield rediscovers his old touch. Bob Burnie shows the international class that we all believe he has. Sterling and Kevin O'Brien bring the hammer. And then this battery of right arm nippers uh, exploit England's uh, euphoria. You know, England's heads are away. They're vulnerable. Like you said, they've just They've disrespected mother cricket. They've dropped their superstars. they brought in uh, some callow 34-year-olds and Joe Denley and our <laughs> right armors nibble away and we get the job done just at the end, at the end of day four so that no one complains yeah. about a four-day test. How about that? Is that a formula that works for you, Michael?
1: That sounds about right. The only thing we're missing is Mark Adair breaking Albert Trott's record of hitting it over the, <laughs>
2: there the you go. There you go. That'll be the winning shot. Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it shouldn't be forgotten that England are a nervous test team. They're still trying to find their way. No one knows what their best 11 is still there for them. They're, it's another new opening partnership. It's, it, it's a number three that doesn't seem quite right. And a lot rests on Root and Bairstow and this kind of ever-changing cast of all-rounders. You know, they'll end up... England will end up with, a, with an 11 of, you know, four wicket-keeper, six all-rounders, and Jimmy Anderson at some point. Uh, but, but there, there are... For all the English crickets on a high, their their red ball game is wobbly, and there are there are chinks. There are uh, there is lack of confidence there for Ireland to exploit if they, as you say, come at this hard and express themselves and uh, and play this. Uh, and I guess the other thing is also put together a, a kind of a whole good test match because they've been they've forced themselves to play catch up uh, in uh, in both tests that they've played so far uh we will want we will look to answer uh, all of those questions and more with our coverage which would start at 10 45 a.m on wednesday the 24th on gorilla cricket.com uh, on facebook live with our partners at cricket tracker india and live on youtube at a, at a channel called uh, gc2 it just remains for me to thank you roger and thank our producer john stone uh, uh you can get the podcast before anyone else at patreon.com forward slash gorilla cricket uh if you uh, Uh, want to uh, inflict uh, an extra bit of uh, weight upon yourself, you can do so by getting the pod on public platforms such as iTunes, Acast, Spotify and Podbean Uh, all that uh, is left to say is roll on cricket, thank you Rog thanks a lot Michael